When you decided to start homeschooling, how did you envision it? Maybe you envisioned long walks in the woods, learning about God's creation, or days spent on blankets laid out in fields full of sunshine, reading good books with your kids. I'm guessing that you probably didn't envision yourself nagging your kids all day to get the work done. But so many times we find ourselves there nagging all day to get the stuff done. But teaching your kids doesn't have to look anything like that. So today I'm sharing four strategies to help you create an environment that holds your kids responsible, that holds them accountable, that teaches them responsibility so that you don't have to nag anymore. And we're digging into one thing that you can do to stop the nagging today, like right now. So grab a pen and paper and let's dig in. Lots of good information in today's show. Welcome to the Nurse Mom Podcast, where you're going to learn how to ditch the mom stress through renewed mindsets, healthy habits, and balanced nutrition. God is calling you to a life of peace, joy, and rest, even during this crazy season when kids are tugging at your legs, you can't get a minute to yourself, and you feel like you have a million things to do. So if you are ready to leave the stress and busyness behind and step into the goodness that God has for you and your family, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some Play-Doh, or whatever is going to keep them engaged for the next 20 minutes while we dig into today's show. Let's do it. anyone really likes to nag and I don't know about you but like it makes me feel like a crazy person like I'm rambling on and no one's listening and I know it's not good for me I know it's not good for my kids or our relationships but sometimes I find that I am nagging them because they're not getting the work done and why do we nag we because we want them to do what they should do and we feel like if we don't keep telling them to do it they won't do it And that might be true right now, but it won't be soon for you. But nagging, honestly, it's a short-term solution that doesn't address the deeper problem. And if we want our kids to get the work done, we need to teach them responsibility. And guys, nagging doesn't teach responsibility. And no matter what homeschooling methods or styles you choose, from classical to unschooling to child-led to Charlotte Mason or a combination of like all of the many options, I think that most of us really share a similar goal, right? We want to raise kids who value hard work, that love learning, that are responsible, and that are kind and love Jesus and all those amazing things. But let's focus on those first three today that value hard work, that love learning, and that are responsible. So how are we going to do that? So we need to ditch nagging and create an environment and structure that teaches responsibility. And in order to do that, our kids must understand what they are responsible for. You've got to have clear expectations that are predictable and consistent. And when you create this type of environment, your kids are going to naturally learn how to be responsible. And then you won't have to nag anymore. So first, I'm going to talk about some habit psychology, some habit strategy. So you want your child to habitually do what they're required to do, right, without nagging without forgetting, without arguing, 
you need to, but you need to help them cultivate these habits. So habit strategy. Habits happen in a three-part loop. So first there's a cue. So this is the thing that triggers the habit to start. So for example, when you walk into the bathroom, you automatically turn on the light. That is a habit. Walking into the bathroom is the cue. The habit is turning on the light. So the actual habit is what they're doing, or more correctly in this circumstance, what you want them to be doing. So whether it's doing their math lesson without complaining, or reading, or doing their chores, whatever it is, the habit that we want to create. And then the third part of the loop is the reward. So your brain is not going to form a new habit unless there is a consistent reward. Like you walk into the bathroom, you turn on the light, the natural reward is that the light comes on so you don't have to pee in the dark or whatever. Um, So I want you to keep in mind this habit loop throughout today's show. The cue, the habit, and the reward. So we're going to learn a four-step process to teach your kids responsibility. And this is like the long haul. Like you're in it for the long haul. Like you're going to be doing this until your kids are out of your house, right? We were chaining up our children in the way that they should go. And training takes repetitive action. But I hear you. I know that you want some results now, right? Because you want to stop nagging now and you want your kids to do the things. And don't worry, I've got you. Because after we learn these four steps, I'm going to show you how to put it all together so you can like literally stop nagging right now. So step one, we need to create predictable and consistent routines. So this is going to be your cue. Inside of these routines, you're going to have your cues. So a routine. What is a routine? Really, it's just stacking a bunch of habits together. Guys, routines are awesome. Routines like hold my life together. And actually, no, I don't want to say that. Jesus holds my life together, y'all. But routines help me to steward my time and my resources wisely. They help me to train up my children in the way they should go. And routines are really beneficial for kids because they teach responsibility and they teach good habits. And studies show that kids who grow up with predictable daily routines have better self-regulation skills, better mental health, they're better at time management as adults, talk about responsibility, and they're better able to focus as adults. So win-win, we need routines, guys. Okay, so a consistent, predictable routine is going to teach your kids to learn what's expected. Whether it's your school routine or whatever you want to call it, your learning routine, your chore routine, your bedtime routine, doing things in a predictable way lets your kids know it's expected so they're not surprised, they're not disappointed, they're not taken off guard, so there's going to be less complaining and less pushback. I mean, except... If you're my son, Forrest, my six-year-old. So we had been working on a routine, our chore routine for like, man, I feel like it's been like a year. And for like eight months of that year, every time we said, okay, guys, time to do our dinner chores, we were met with the response, ah. And I'm like, you can't be serious. Like, this is the same thing every night. Like, you're really, you're really still reacting like this? Um, But now it's become a joke where he does it just like kiddingly because it's been it was an issue for so long. So now we get met with the the groaning, but it is a joke and he is lighthearted and he feeds the guinea pigs without complaining. Yes. But guys, your your routines don't have to be complex. They can be as simple or complex as you need or as you want. I mean, a routine could be two steps. We open up our math book 
We do math, we open up our reading books, and we read. And you can stack multiple routines on top of each other to create like a longer block of time, a longer routine. So for us, we have a couple different routines inside of our school routine. And they all come together to create like a balanced day where we get the work done, we have fun, we get the things done, and we enjoy it. And I don't want to go into like our whole routine and spend the whole time talking about that. So what I'm going to do is I will uh, somehow link like, uh, you know what, in the Facebook group. I will leave um, an image of our routine in the Facebook group in case you guys are curious and you want to check it out. So The routine can be as complex or as simple as you want. Honestly, somewhere in the middle is probably best, but the main thing is that it needs to be consistent. And like I said, inside of those routines, you're gonna create cues. This is really gonna happen naturally by consistently doing the same routines. And right now, you probably have negative habits associated with your natural cues. Like maybe your cue is saying, okay, it's time to start math, and the habit is, what? I don't want to, or my favorite one that comes from Silas is, I have to do stupid math, but we want to replace that negative habit with a positive one. Okay, step number two, clear expectations. So inside of our consistent and predictable routines, we need to have clear expectations. So what do you need to make your day work? What are your homeschooling goals? What are the expectations? If you want them to do their math work without complaining, you need that to like make your day work so you're not like a stressed out nagging mess. I get it. That is a realistic expectation. So get clear on what you need. Write it down if you have to. And then the next part is like ultra important. You have to communicate them. Your kids need to know what the expectations are. So the expectation is the new habit that we're forming. And guys, you want to repeat this, not in like a nagging way, but in a way that they know what the expectations are. So I repeat my expectations daily whenever we start our routine. So when we start our work block, I remind them, I expect you to be focused as you work through these assignments. I expect you to not distract your brother. And I expect you to put the best effort in that you can. And you have to be able to measure your expectations, to hold them accountable. And you need to communicate how you're going to measure them. So if I expect Silas to be focused as he works, how am I measuring focused? So I tell him that means no jumping around, not playing with Legos, and staying in your seat. So if he's jumping around the kitchen and doing anything but his work, which is like sometimes my life, he's not meeting my expectation. But guys, the other day, he started doing his work without me asking. So like, it's working. (laughs) Okay, so what are your expectations? What habits do you need to create to help your days go smoothly and to not be like a stressed out mess? Communicate them. Repeat them kindly and calmly with the cue. So when your routines start, you're gonna repeat your expectations. Okay, step number three. We need to have clear and consistent rewards. Because remember your habit loop. Rewards are necessary to form strong, automatic habits. So right now, you might be using rewards that are hurting what you're trying to do. So for example, the cue, the math book comes out. The habit, your kid's throwing a fit. The reward, you decide to skip math because you don't want to deal with it today. So I get it. So before... 
Like, no judgment here. I totally get it. I've been there. But now you're going to have a new strategy because you don't want that reward of skipping math to reinforce that bad habit. So you're going to use rewards to your advantage. So first of all, you need to decide on the reward. If they meet the expectation, aka do the new habit, what happens? Do they get free time? Do you guys get to go to the park? Do they get screen time? Do you get quality time playing together? Maybe they get to go out into the neighborhood and play with the kids. Um, Maybe it's praise or celebration. So what works for your child? What works for your family? And you can use a combination of all of those. But the most important part is that you're making a positive association so that it can be linked. That behavior that you're creating or trying to create can be linked to a positive outcome. Like, yes, you completed your work. Yay, we get to play together. High five. I'm so proud of you. Dance party. And you might need to start with a strong reward if your kids has a negative habit already associated with something. So maybe like a special treat if they do their math without complaining. You probably noticed I've referenced math like a bunch. So that was definitely an issue for us in the past. But it's not anymore, which is so rewarding and amazing and promising. So if you have to start with a strong reward, that's okay. You know, if you have to give them a special treat or whatever, but then you can slowly phase it out and rely on those more natural rewards, like the high five, the dance party, the special playtime. But no matter what you choose, the reward has to be consistent. Okay, step number four, effective consequences. So I am all for positive reinforcement and keeping things positive, but sometimes we need to enforce consequences to keep our kids accountable and to teach them responsibility. So you need to decide what will the consequences be if your child does not live up to the expectations and you need to figure out what's going to work for your family and it needs to be something that you can follow through on. So don't go around saying like, if you don't focus on your schoolwork today, we're not going to Joey's birthday party this week because that's probably not going to happen. Like you've already RSVP'd, you're going. So make sure this is something that you can consistently stick with. So for us, my kids, they like to watch a show after dinner and wind down. And that is something that we consistently do like most nights of the week. So that's something that's easy for me to have as a consequence. Like if you don't focus on your schoolwork today, you're losing five minutes of TV time. And then if I have to go in again and say, hey, we just spoke about this. You're not focusing still. You're going to lose five more minutes of your TV time. And then I actually like you've got to you've got to follow through. So I tally it up. I keep a note throughout the day and most days I don't have to do this because they're, they're pretty good. But on our tough days, um, I tally it up and I, I write it down so they know and I hold them accountable. And it's kind of a bummer to have to enforce the consequences. I get it. There's going to be whining. There's going to be complaining. But listen, you're already listening to the whining and complaining about the chores and about the math work. But if you hold them accountable, yeah, you might hear a couple days of whining and complaining when they have those consequences enforced, but they're going to learn quickly. I promise you. Okay, so this is a long-term strategy, right? We're training up our kids, but there are immediate benefits. So when I actually learned 
how to use this strategy, like my mind was blown. So we were having a, t- we were going through a tough time and we were seeing our church counselor. And I remember just talking to her one day, like, oh my gosh, cleanup was so hard for us. Like I really felt that the kids should help with the cleanup. But the whole time I was just nagging. They weren't staying focused. They weren't doing their stuff. And I would end up losing my cool and yelling at them and then feeling terrible. And I was telling her about this and she looked at me and said, why are you nagging them? And I'm like, well, obvious, because if I don't nag them, they're not going to get the stuff done. And she's like, no, 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 no. You set the expectation, right? You state the reward and the consequence, and then you just let it play out. Like, stop nagging. Sit back and watch what's going to happen. Stop being so emotionally attached to the outcome and let your child learn that their choices have consequences and rewards. Guys, this is real life. This is what life is like. Our choices have consequences and rewards. So we don't have to nag. It actually serves no purpose except for making us get angry and making our kids get angry and causing a bunch of drama. So start with these steps today and then like vow not to nag anymore. Sit back and see what happens. And I promise you, your kids are going to learn quicker than you think. And yes, you're going to have to dish out some consequences, but that's part of being a parent, right? So I got a couple of tips for you. So your kids might not be school-aged. Maybe maybe they're not dealing with math and complaining about math, but you can still start this at a young age. So with toddlers, state the expectations, pick up the toys. The consequence, you can't play with a new toy until the other toys are picked up, right? And, and hold them accountable. So you're teaching them responsibility from a very young age. You are going to be happy that you did that. Um, Another tip, make sure that your expectations are appropriate for your children, either their age or their maturity level, because if your expectations are not appropriate, really you're just setting yourself up for disaster and defeat and your kids might end up with low self-esteem. But when used correctly, these steps will build healthy relationships, healthy habits, and healthy boundaries. Tip number three, focus on the positive rewards more than the consequences. So then you'll create a positive association with learning. So when I say that, I don't mean don't dish out the consequences. You need the consequences. But talk about the positive rewards more and make a bigger deal out of them. Okay, so recap. Four steps to get your kids to do the work without nagging. Number one, create predictable and consistent routines. Number two, set clear expectations. Number three, set clear and consistent rewards. Number four, set effective consequences. Communicate this all, follow through, and sit back and stop nagging. All right, guys, you... We'll be glad that you did this because you're going to create healthy work habits. You're going to train up responsible kids who have a positive associations with learning. And best of all, you're not going to be nagging crazy mom, stressed out mom anymore. You're going to save your energy, the emotional stress, and create a fun, peaceful learning environment. All right. I hope that you ladies have a great week. I pray that the Lord blesses you, that he gives you the wisdom, the clarity, the energy to put these steps into action. And if you have any questions or you want to talk about it, meet us in the Facebook group where we have um, a community of like-minded mamas that are there to help each other out. So the link to the Facebook group is in the show notes below. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you get notifications um, for all of the new episodes that are coming out. And um, thank you for listening, guys. God bless. 
Real quick before you go, if this podcast blessed you or inspired you in any way, could you please take a minute to write a review on Apple Podcasts? Writing a review is the number one way that you can help me to reach more moms just like you. And reading your reviews truly inspires me and encourages me to keep doing this work. Also, don't forget to connect with other like-minded mamas in our Facebook community so that we can encourage and uplift each other on this journey. The link to the Facebook group is in the show notes. Thank you for listening and may your heart overflow with God's peace and love. God bless.